So the reading is from Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 4 to 12, and it can be found on page 716 of the Blue Church Bibles. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. This is the word of the Lord. Now this is uh, Fabian, my colleague, and he's going to speak about that passage. So I wonder what he's going to say. Um, so should we pray? Can I we pray for you? Pray, yeah. um, Fabian himself has uh, four young children, and he had a, a rough night, I hear. So. Um, Lord, I would pray for your energy for Fabian and your word to come to each of us. Mm. You know each of us. You know us from before we were born. Mm. You know what we need and you have a plan to prosper and bless us, we've heard. So we pray that this could be part of that, that we would be addressed by you as Fabian speaks, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you very much, Steve. So that's true. So there, there, there are two things, well, three things that might happen. The first one is that I will stand here for the whole of the sermon. The second is that I might just collapse because I haven't eaten anything since yesterday. <laughs> um, and the third, I might rush to the toilet because basically we have a buck in our house. There we go. But I've survived two morning, two, two talks, so I should be all right. There you go. Um, many of you were not here uh, last week, um, 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 the family of Taylor uh, definitely, and some uh, might not have been here last week. We are looking at a specific gift. We've been uh, looking at the gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit is that what God gives Christians, um, kind of abilities that God gives each and every one of us. Um, so that we are built up, so that we are encouraged, so that we become, a technical term, is more like Christ, like Jesus. Um, but for three weeks, we're looking at a specific gift, which is called the gift of prophecy. Um, and that in particular, 
um, when Paul speaks of that gift in, in one of the letters in the New Testament, um, he refers as the gift, the gift that builds up. So I just need to give you a little bit of background information from what we looked last week so that it makes more sense today. Steve, uh, my colleague, gave us a useful definition of what prophecy means, and that's his, his, his own word. Um, so it's a word from God to us which encourages us by communi communicating God's perspectives and plans and thereby draws us into God's loving purposes for us and for the world. And looking at the, this definition um, came three word, four words that are always true of prophecy when we exercise that gift of prophecy. And first it's the origin, it's from God. And last week um, we looked at a prophet called Isaiah and his call and how he was called to speak the word of God to his people. Today we'll look at Jeremiah. So the origin is always from God. It encourages us, that's the purpose. That's what it is for, to encourage us. And then it has a direction by communicating God's perspective or plans. When you receive a word of prophecy or a word from God, it can, kind of opens up a new reality in your life, a new direction, a new perspective, um, or make God's plans more clear for you. And then the last is the intention. God's intention is that we will be drawn into his loving purposes, that we will be drawn into his loving purposes. So origin, purpose, direction, and intention. And then we looked at what Paul says, um, prophecies for our strengthening, our encouragement, and our comforts. So it has those um, three purposes, strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Last week was about receiving an offering. How do we receive from God a word, and how do we offer it? And I'm going to pass the example, but basically we had three examples. One was a person called John Moss, who had received a picture, and then shared it with Steve, and Steve shared it with the church. And in that picture, if you look at those four words that I explained, origin, purpose, direction, intention, you can, you can find them there. When I was praying, so she was in a place where she could receive from God, hear from God, that's the origin. I had this picture of an aerial view of the town with pinpoints of light scattered all around the town. That's what she received. And then she shared it and she tried to make sense of it together, which I took to be Christians shining with the light of Jesus as they walked on the buses in the shops and etc. So we receive something, we believe it from God, we sometimes a little bit of courage, we share it, we think that might me mean this for us or that might mean this for you. But what we leave out is how the group or the person applies it. We just offer it gently to the person. So we receive, we give, and then we allow that person or the group to make sense of it. That was last week. This week we're going to look 
Maybe at a, a little bit more disturbing side of prophecy, because Jeremiah had quite a challenging um, work as a prophet. And I'm going to um, have a little illustrations to help us with that. But the prophecy that stir up, that kind of move something inside of us, but it's always with the intention to bring hope, to bring a better future. But sometimes it can be difficult. It can bring us in an area when we feel uncomfortable. And so Paul, um, God called Jeremiah. If you can open your Bible again at Jeremiah 1, if you have your Bible, which is on page 716. And here are some, I think, important realities. When we feel stirred up to give a message or when we feel stirred up because we just received something that's quite challenging, this is quite important to remember. Verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. That was God's word to Jeremiah for the task that was quite difficult at hand. But what is the word from God to us when we feel stirred up? Well, the word um, is what Steve said. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God knows us intimately. And when he starts speaking to us, it's always with a loving intention. It's because he wants us not to remain where we are, but he wants us to be at a better place. That can be for us individual, or for a group, or for a church, or for a town, or for a nation. Before you were born, I had a plan. I set you apart. That means I, I had a task in mind. You have a purpose, and I would like you to enter into that purpose. And for that, sometimes I need to stir you up. Sometimes I need to shake things up. Now, last week we looked at Isaiah. He had his own call, which was a kind of revelation of God, and he thought, that's it, I'm doomed. God is too holy. And what changed him was to receive God's forgiveness and grace and realizing that God accepts him as he is, but he doesn't want to stay there, and he wants to now, now start becoming an instrument. And so he said, well, I have tasks to do. Who shall I send? And Isaiah said, yes, I'm in. Send me. But here, Jeremiah, he just received this wonderful promise saying, you know, Jeremiah, I know you. I have a plan for you. Trust me. And what does Jeremiah say? Oh, sovereign Lord, verse 6. I do not know how to speak. I am too young. I am too young. I wonder what our excuses are when we feel stirred up. When someone maybe like me in front speaks something and you realize God is saying something to me here. I don't know quite 
what, but I can feel God is saying something to me. Maybe God is inviting you for the first time to open up, to open up to his love and his purposes. But maybe you say, well, God, I'm too busy. For Jeremiah, he said, I'm too young. For some people, he said, oh, for receiving this gift of prophecy we're exploring, I'm too old. Maybe that's our excuse. We don't really need it in our generation. Jeremiah says, I'm just a boy. I don't know anything. I'm not experienced. I'm not qualified. I'm not being trained. For us, it could be, it's not in my temperament. I'm not that kind of person to start sharing a picture or giving a word to someone. I'm not just that kind of person. But what does answer? Verse 7, do not say, I'm too young. Don't allow that excuse to make you stuck. We can be hesitant, that's fine. We can be honest with God. But don't allow, we shouldn't allow our excuse to get stuck. We should at least be open. We should never say, not in a million years, thank you. But just be open. I think God must have had kind of a time of love with Jeremiah because if you really look carefully at the text, he just had said to Jeremiah how much he knew him. So when he calls him to do something, it's not a mistake. And when he calls you to a step of faith, to open yourself to the presence of God, to step into a certain gift, it's because he knows you very well. He knows how that gift can be expressed through you, how you can become a blessing here in the church, in your cell, in your family, among your friends, in your neighborhood. And so he says to Jeremiah, and he says to us today, do not be afraid. I will be with you. I'll always be there. And if you feel a little bit out of your depth, I will rescue you. Just step out in faith. I'm right there. And so if you want to read the rest of Jeremiah, it's a long book, um, but you, you realize that he needed God's help. And sometimes it was just too much and you wanted to give up. But God was true to his promise and hold him, at holding him and keeping him safe. Jeremiah's message basically was to say to his people, well, you've not allowed God to be at the center of your life and this is going to have some consequences now. And for them was that uh, they were going to be uh, invaded by the Babylonian and taken into exile. And that's why we have those words um, in this passage. I'm sending you as a prophet to say messages of tearing down, uprooting, destruction, and being overthrown. That's the reality that was coming, and he had to tell that message. But the purpose was then 
to build and to plant. And that uh, verse that you read, Steve, uh, was just spot on. So I'm just going to um, go back to that and kind of end there. You read from Jeremiah 29. And just the verse before that, it says, This is what the Lord says, When 70 years are completed for Babylon, so they are now in exile for 70 years, I will come to you and fulfill my good promises to bring you back to this place, to bring you back to their country. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen. I wonder if some people among us has felt that kind of deep loneliness because God has been absent of your life for quite a while. Maybe you felt in some kind of exile and maybe for the first time you hear that stirring up call to come back to him, to open yourself back to him. This is the promise he says, if you do that, I have good plans, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Now, when we are unwell, we go to the doctor, and the last things we want the doctor to tell us is that if there is bad news, just tell me the good news. We want them to be honest with us. And that's the kind of stirring up that sometimes God does in our own life. Honesty, where we need to find forgiveness. One needs to stop what is destructive. And so that's why I brought what happens in my garden. You can see I'm a wonderful gardener. <laughs> that's what happens at the end of the winter. It's really bad. Um, so that's a weed, if you don't know. You know it's a weed. Now, for my guinea pigs, this is not a weed. This is actually a wonderful plant, you know, because they eat those little flowers and they're like, but it's really a weed. And that's, I think, illustrations of things that sometimes are in our lives. There are things that are destructive, destructive to ourselves, destructive to those who are close to us, to our family, in our marriage. And sometimes God does a work that's painful. And he said, you know, you need to respond to my call. And that means this needs to be weeded out. So I did it at 8, at 10, 10, so it's much easier, you know, like it just pops now. Pops, you see. <laughs> I had to kind of dig for you uh, this morning, but it just pops. So there we go. Weed's gone. And then that's what really happens when you give your life to God and you accept his call. He brings... His life, we said the Holy Spirit, into your life. And he plants it there. And then now and again, through friends, Christians, you know, and church, you start putting some nice soil so that you can grow. There we go, a little bit of soil, a bit of prayer there, a little bit of healing there. person that shows love and care there, there we go, and we're ready to grow.
I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So as we continue this series on the gift of the Spirit, let us be those kind of people who are able to give words that stirs up so that we can grow. Sometimes, sometimes we need words that weeds out things in our church, in our community. And if you remember, we had this um, um, project with Latesfield when young people, unaccompanied minors seeking asylum here, were coming in the, and there was an uproar. But the church stood up in a way, in a prophetic way, saying, as Christians, we have no other choice than to stand up with the poor, the lost, the helpless. And that was a prophetic message, action. So let's be that kind of people for our town, for one another. Last week, we had the willing prophet Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah, who said, yes, I want in. Use me that way. Today, we have a more hesitant Jeremiah, but both needed that experience of love, forgiveness, assurance that God will be with them. Both were called to a task, and we are called to a task. Both had been instrumental in transforming people, society, and nations because they were willing to step out in faith. So shall we at least do that for the gift of prophecy? Step out in faith and see how God is going to take it forward. Let us pray. Father, for all those who might be stirred up this morning, may they leave this building with the knowledge that you have good plans for them. And if they feel there are things that need to be weed out, may they give the assurance and the hope that you will be with them. May they give the courage to just open themselves up and invite you in. And for us as a church, grow that gift of prophecy that we may be built up in love. Amen. Thank you very much, Fabian. As the band gathers, we're going to sing a well-known um, song or hymn in a minute. If God has spoken to you so far, just, um, just return to that and allow him to, um, to make it part of you. We're going to sing in a second. I'm going to invite anybody who has received anything from God during this worship or in preparation who would like to share it because you think it might build us up. Uh, we've had the experience of some quite vivid prophecies over the last few weeks. Or a word of testimony, and that's where we give thanks to God in public um, for something he's been doing for us. Uh, then you can come out during the hymn and just let me know. We'll have a brief time when we can do that. Matt. Mm -hmm. 